Alright everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Sunday, December 19th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And we had to jump on the mic early. It was a monumental, monumental weekend at the box office. And we were chomping at the bit to just get right to it. I mean, this is the biggest box office weekend we have had in two years. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, long time uh, coming. Over two years, right? It would have been uh, when Endgame came out back in spring of 2019. We haven't had a weekend like this since then, or at least a movie like this. This this is a historic weekend. So let's get to it, Pat. We're going to do a quick plow. Number one, Spider-Man. No Way Home, $253 million in its first weekend. Number two, Encanto, $6.5 million, down 35%, lost 225 theaters. It's now at $81.5 million in its fourth frame. West Side Story, $3.4 million, down 68%, $17 million after two weeks. Number four, Ghostbusters Afterlife, $3.4 million, down 52%, lost 533 theaters. It is at $117.2 million in its fifth weekend. Number five, Nightmare Alley. $2.9 million in its first weekend. We'll get to that at some later point in the episode, but we have to jump right into Spider-Man No Way Home and its massive, massive $253 million opening. So it is now the third biggest opening weekend of all time, only behind Avengers Endgame in 2019 and Avengers Infinity War in 2018. And, you know, we're reporting these Sunday afternoon numbers, which are usually pretty much the, the, the you know, these are estimates, but these are usually what you're going to get. There is a slight chance that Spider-Man No Way Home ticks up a little bit by the time we really get to Monday morning and ends up passing Infinity War at 257 and becomes the second biggest opening of all time. But at, but at at the least, we just had the third biggest movie opening in the history of man. And and at this point, 20 million people have seen this film. Mhm. And that's going to be more and you could find that extra 4 million in the seat cushions at the theaters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because there's been so many butts in the seats for this movie. So we were both low on this. Yeah, went- I mean, you went over 200. I ended up uh, coming in at 183. I thought it would do uh, Rogue One numbers, and it obviously blew that away. It, I mean, it, it, it beat uh, Force Awakens, which I didn't think was possible. Mm-hmm. And you went over 200. But just a scooch. Just a scooch. None of us thought 253. Well, there is one person, you know, before we analyze this movie, let's let's give kudos where kudos are deserved. And our wannabe old boy, Austin, wrote in earlier in the week 
And let's see, he predicted, I have it in front of me, he went uh, to, do you have it in front of you? He predicted 250, mm-hmm. 251. Austin predicted 251. So he basically nailed it. Nailed it. I mean, that 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 is incredible. So, I mean, a lot of kudos to go out today. First one goes to Austin. Yeah. Great uh, job. Austin, also, Great if job. you want, if you would like to, after you hear this episode, uh, if you want to send an email, you already sent an early email, which is great. We love your emails. If you want to send a email gloating, mm-hmm. uh, feel free to gloat yep. however you find appropriate to do so. And next episode, we will read that on the air because you deserve to gloat because yep. even if this goes up four million dollars or whatever it does a few million dollars you you nailed it you you nailed it it's so impressive so we didn't think it would hit this number i mean we obviously knew this would be a giant hit it would be the biggest movie we've had in a couple of years but you know there was a lot of talk that uh new variants would keep people away and i think the thing that we're seeing is there's an audience uh, that goes to movies right now that is not going to be deterred, and that is young people, and that is also young men. Yes. And that is who came out in force. I mean, overall, young people came out. People under 25 mm-hmm. came out, which that is the cutoff for a young person. 26 is older young person or, or you know, no, you're veering old. towards you're, you're old. old. If you're 26 year old, but if you're 25 or, or younger, you're young, and those are the people who uh, uh, just don't, you know, DGAF. They don't give a fuck right mm-hmm. now, and they are going and filling up these movie theaters. Yep, and this is great for theatrical. In the they sense, needed it. It, they needed it in sense of the infusion of theater goers and money and buzz that the place to be this weekend was a movie theater. That was the place to be. And it hasn't been that way. Not at the club. Yep. Yep. Not at a club. Not at the VFW hall. Nope. Not at the pinball arcade. Nope. Nope. Not at the malt shop. Nope. It was was the movie theater. The movie theater. And that is big culturally for theaters. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this last week. We knew Spider-Man No Way Home would be huge. And it was bigger than we could have even thought. 253. And so you had all of these young people coming out to the theater. And a lot of them are people who've been coming out already. But a lot of new people coming out because Spider-Man was too big to miss. And... You know, we talked about what would the movie theaters be able to do to get them to to come back next week and come back the week after and repeat. And I got to say, Clayton, you and I went and we saw this movie in a packed theater Saturday night. You know, we wanted to see what the young people were experiencing, you know, beyond boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. And, and I got to say, I don't know if movie theaters really did what they needed to do for the future in keeping the Spider-Man audience 
forward. And I'm saying that in terms of trailers for upcoming product. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that in terms of making the experience feel special. I mean, you know you're going to have this huge group of young people coming in, a lot of them for the first time in a long time. There should have been giveaways. There should have been handouts of, uh, of Mountain Dew and Red Bull and, you know, ridiculousness DVDs and, you know, snap bracelets, whatever it is that mm-hmm. the, the young people right now are into. There should have been giveaways. And I don't, you know, you can't build Rome in a day, but I didn't feel, at least in the theater we were in, any major refurbishing of the seats. You know, we sat on uh, fabric seats, which no one wants fabric seats anymore, but we're sitting on fabric seats. Mm -hmm. And I just fear that this $253 million opening, which of course the movie theaters needed, could be a lost opportunity for the future. And the trailers that we were seeing for January and February, I, I, I am not, you know, I am not confident that the 22 year old who came out for Spider-Man No Way Home is now going to go see Dog enthusiastically in January. That's, I mean, I think that's so true. I, I think the theater we were at, the sound was not great. No. The picture quality was subpar. I mean, I think these are things that Brandon Gray always uh, talks about. He beats the drum about if you're going to have theaters last and sustain themselves, they have to step it up when it comes to sound and picture and overall ambiance, and they're not doing it. Right, right. And that is is bad, right? Because people are going to to this place – to see this thing because it's the only place they can see it right now. Right. But if you did give them another choice, they wouldn't. And right. and you you need to make the theater going experience, the act of sitting in that seat, of eating that popcorn, of being in front of that big screen, part of the appeal. It can't yeah. just be the product. Yes. And yes. it's so product driven right now. And we're seeing that this was a product people really wanted to see. Great. Big win for the theaters. But like you said, what's coming next? What's the next thing? Right, right, right. The 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 problem that movie theaters have right now, amongst other things, is the, hey, let's go out to the theater for the sake of seeing a movie. That is really vanishing from the culture. You mm-hmm. know, it is. And listen, it's always been uh, big event driven. You know, hit movies are, are have always been the lifeblood of movie theaters. But there was a time when people would just go to the movies for the hell of it. And, of course, now the, the young people, they're looking at their phone. They're going on TikTok for the hell of it. They're not going to the movie theater to see what's playing. And if Dog is what's playing, that's what they're going to go see. Yes. You know, they're going to see Spider-Man. The other thing um, – and, and we don't – listen. We don't want to sound – I mean, we're the biggest box office weekend in, in two years. I We're sounding too negative. It just it, – it was an underwhelming experience, you know, boots on the ground from what we saw. Absolutely. And and we're here to straight talk express. Yes. When yes. it when it comes to the theatrical experience, because we want it to thrive. We want mm-hmm. it to survive. We want to be talking about these type of huge openings and this massive influx of people 
on a consistent basis because with theatrical mm-hmm. goes the BO boys. We're called the right. BO boys. We're not called the Streamo boys. We're not no. called the stay at home and torrent boys. No. Okay? No. No. We are We're not the swipe left boys. No. We are the BO boys. Mm-hmm. And it is important to us that theatrical is an experience that everybody wants to enjoy. Not right. just 25 year under 25 year olds who if they're living with their parents and they have their own room and their parents aren't really, you know, all up their ass about cleaning it, they'll live in squalor. A right. 25-year-old male, first apartment, living with five other guys, they're living in squalor, right? right? right. You need the theater to not be squalor. You yes. need it to be a place they go because they realize, oh, you know what? I live in squalor and this is a place that has something great to watch, but also I feel like... There's not sticky substances all over the seats. Yes, yes. Which a 25-year-old male, they've already got that covered. They could go home if they want to sit on something sticky. Exactly. So I think that is why we're being so hard. It's tough love. It is tough love. Because right. we, you know, we you talked about our experience uh, with Red Rocket last episode. That was a, a transcendent theatrical experience. Right. And right. but it, just... it's the people made that happen, not not the theater itself. We didn't come out saying Red Rocket was transcendent because the seats were so comfortable mm-hmm. and the sound was so good. It was transcendent because the other Red Rocket viewers uh, uh, came together like a family for one yes. night. And we're already setting up a reunion. Yes, yes. We might so, go to a water park. So. This Spider-Man opening, 253, bigger than anyone was expecting. Huge win for Disney, huge win for Sony. This is one of those Sony-Disney co-promotions on a Marvel movie. It's the the Spider-Verse, not the MCU-verse proper, I guess. Yeah. And, I mean, right off the bat, they got to just keep making more of these these Spider-Man movies with Disney and Sony. You You can't cut off this gravy train now. No, there's absolutely no reason to sever these ties. No, if because before I believe what was it was it before this movie there was some sort of uh, talk and and dick measuring going on. Yeah, they 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 almost severed that relationship and didn't make this third Spider-Man movie, and then they struck a deal where basically Disney strong-armed Sony to get a higher percentage of the grosses. You know, because Spider-Man is owned by Sony. Mm-hmm. So they've brought Disney in to produce this, and Disney has done such a great job making these Spider-Man movies hits, but Disney strong-armed them and they won, and you know what? Sony's just got to go along with it, because this movie just made $253 million in one weekend. So, And their other biggest property, Venom, is mm-hmm. Marvel. And it's MCU adjacent enough that people will go see it because, of course, they love Venom, but they they know or think that it is connected to the MCU, even if it's tangentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you cannot sever these ties. You need to no. continue to make these films. No, this is a this is a gravy train with biscuit wheels and mm-hmm. and Sony can't derail that. And it was interesting watching you know, again, the trailers for this movie. And one of the trailers 
uh, was for a movie coming out in January starring Mark Wahlberg and the actor who plays Spider-Man himself. And Tom what was Holland. the name of that movie? Tom Holland. And what was the name of that one? Uncharted? Uncharted. Is that it? I mean, the fact that you can't remember it uh, speaks volumes. Right. Well, it's a. It. I. I didn't realize till afterwards, but you and our other moviegoer informed me that Uncharted is based on a video game IP. So that's important. You know, it's not just a movie called Uncharted, but to see this Tom Holland star vehicle coming out January, and you get why they put this trailer for Spider-Man because you're about to watch Tom Holland in in your favorite movie of the year. Maybe now you'll come see Tom Holland in this Mark Wahlberg action movie. But it really does strike you how in these movies, the star is not at all Tom Holland. The movie star here is Spider-Man. Yes. And are we are we able to this weekend declare Spider-Man the biggest movie star in the world right now. Mm, right now, but you know, there's no Joker product uh, going on. The Joker still if if something dropped about Joker today, I feel like Spider-Man would be not maybe not pushed aside this weekend, but in a I, week or I mean, two, we'd be talking about whatever Joker stuff's happening. But Joker, I mean Joker Back in twenty was it twenty nineteen, Joker opened to ninety something million dollars. Joker didn't open to two fifty three domestic. True, true. So I mean, I think Spider Man at this point blows away Joker. I mean, Leo, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is in a weird spot right now because of Don't Look Up being a streamo movie and. You know, you can't hold that against him, but it does take a little shine off of Leo as a movie star because he's never done a Streamo movie and now he's done a Streamo movie. And so I think that puts him in a lower light than Spider-Man. You know, Jack Nicholson, of course, has been retired long enough that I don't think you could really make a case that Jack Nicholson is a bigger movie star than Spider-Man right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know who is the true competitor to that crown. I think Spider-Man might be our biggest movie star. I mean, and just to give a little bit of, you know, statistical backing to that, according to Post Track, mm-hmm. people went to see this film for the following reasons. Okay. 56% because of the Spider-Man franchise. Mm-hmm. 44% because it's a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. 43% the cast as a whole, 40% the story slash plot. Tom Holland got 33%. That's... Heard it heard it was good, 26%. They came with someone who wanted to see it was 25%. Zendaya, mm-hmm. 20%. And the director, John Watts, 12%. Now, I feel like there's a 12% That's shockingly error. High. Yeah, there's there's a 12% margin of error on this, and that yeah. is John Watts, because unless he has a gigantic family, I, I mean, listen, these movies, we're not here to criticize, we're not critics. No. But these movies are workmanlike. Right. And fine work 
you know, solid work. But listen, work. a well-built outhouse is a well-built outhouse. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. It does what it needs to do. But I'm not going to say kudos to the architect. Uh, architect. Architect. <laughs> right. Fuck right. It, it's there's a never, feed. There's never been an outhouse on the cover of Architectural Digest. But if you build a solid outhouse, people could go take a shit in it. Exactly. And if you build a and, solid Spider-Man movie, and yep. there, you know, uh, honestly, there are things that there, there's things in this movie that make it more, uh, I guess, uh, sticky than other Spider-Man movies. Obviously, we're not going to spoil anything by this point. Most right. people have seen this movie, have heard the spoilers, whatever. But we're not here to do that. Right. 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 I mean, this is people knew going in that this is bigger than your typical solo Marvel movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's closer to your Infinity Wars, Avenger type movies. There's more going on. Yeah. So, you know, it's but you look at that list. The most important factor was Spider-Man. And Tom Holland was pretty low. 33% is not that does not bode well for the opening weekend of Uncharted. Oh, yes. Which is also a big test for Wahlberg. Uh, We're not here to talk about Uncharted, but he's kind of in the doghouse right now when it comes to movie stardom. So that's big for both of them, but in different ways. Mm -hmm. One one is to stave off the descent of a career, and one is to see if the career can be elevated to a higher level. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean... Wahlberg right now, he, I mean, listen, he doesn't need anything unless he's, you know, gambled away all of his Transformers money, which maybe he has, who knows? Or the Wahlbergers, burger franchise has had a rough couple of years, who knows? So he doesn't, if he, if he stops being a movie star tomorrow, then he's probably okay. But Wahlberg does for his movie star career need something like Uncharted to hit. Because he's been in the doghouse for a while, and it's a smart move to hitch his wagon to a quote-unquote star like Tom Holland, but Wahlberg is not hitching his wagon to Spider-Man. Uncharted is not going to be a Spider-Man movie, and I hope Mark Wahlberg's agents told him that ahead of time. He's not getting Spider-Man, he's getting Tom Holland. Well, that that brings up a larger issue, which is these... Marvel movies do mm. not spawn stars that can stand alone in other types of films. Right, right. Spider-Man, yeah. Tom Holland is big because he is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He is not big because he is Tom Holland. Right, right, and, right. And we've seen this with, you know, Chrissy Hemi not been able to translate the Thor grosses into any other successful star vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Chris Chris Pratt is in a weird spot. I mean, I would say he's not a star because of what he got from Guardians of the Galaxy, but he's been, he was smart that out of the gate, he had both a Marvel franchise and the, the Jurassic Park franchise going. And then but he had the Lego like, movie franchise, which turned out to be a one-film wonder. Right. But they also oversaturated right. the market there. Right. But, you know, you've seen with Tomorrow War, which ended up going straight to Streamo. 
you can't just throw Chris Pratt above a title and expect a $30 million opening weekend. You know, Marvel is not making that kind of star. You're right. And and it and it's it, and it stinks because then what you get is you get these these stars that then they just migrate to other Marvel movies. So right. it's this insular bubble that doesn't ro- raise all the boats. Right. 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 Because well, if you create a big star from a from a someone playing Spider Man, they can then go make a different type of movie and bring people in to the theater. And that's just not happening. Well, I mean, it it does make sense that that doesn't happen because you look at what these actors play in the Marvel movies. You know, Tom Holland is, is playing Spider-Man and he's swinging from building to building and he's fighting aliens in space and... Chris Pratt is he's in the Guardians and he's fighting aliens in space and Thor is you know uh, Chrissy Hemi's playing a god who's fighting aliens in space and then they make these other movies where they play a normal human guy you know where Chrissy Hemi is playing a guy who's got a boat and he's looking for Moby Dick you know or mm-hmm. uh, Tom Holland is playing a guy who hangs out with Mark Wahlberg and fights bank robbers or whatever. He's looking for treasure. And, you know, Chris Pratt, I guess, is the only one who doesn't do normal guy movies. He only does, you know, space movies. But all of these actors, they can't translate the heat from the Marvel hits because people don't want to see movies about a normal guy or a normal gal anymore. You know, they're ruined for that because... They see them play all these gods and these aliens, and then you can't sell someone on, go see Robert Downey Jr. playing the judge. You yeah. know, is he space judge? Is he iron judge? No, he's a judge. He got, you know, he was appointed for life. And, and that's yeah. not going to do big business because people are like, no, Robert Downey Jr., I know him as guy who flies in metal suit. I don't know him as, uh, uh, you know, lifetime appointed uh, uh, judge who... Well, you know, go shopping at a at a supermarket. They know him for they know him for for his his Bon Mots as Iron Man, his cutting remarks. They don't know him for saying, "Remember to water the fucking hydrangeas." Right, right. Very. You are one of the only people who remembers that line from the Judge, and that's a problem with why these Marvel actors don't translate their Marvel stardom to other box office because people, you know, have been taught that the only thing that matters is if they play a superhero who fights an alien in space. Yeah, and if the movie doesn't have any sort of Easter egg for other movies I'm going to see in the future, why do I need to see this movie? Right, right, right. That that has become an issue for all other movies, you know, that if you're not interconnected or you're not, you know, like Ghostbusters Afterlife, looking back at something we already know and teasing returns, it's hard to get that young audience out. And, you know, we've seen it with some of the other box office results this weekend. The older audiences, maybe even less so than they did a few months ago, they are not coming out to the movie theater. Well, I think they were especially not coming out this weekend, and I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. But let's let's. I think we talked about Spider Man enough. 
I mean, we're going to be talking about him a lot the next few weeks. I mean, do we, you know, these, these big hit movies that we've seen since, uh, you know, since uh, movie theaters opened back up again in the spring, the biggest hits all seem to have 60% or so drops. I mean, we're going to have to get that again with Spider-Man No Way Home next week, right? Do we think oh. that this movie, because it's a holiday weekend, is able to have some kind of 50% hold? Is that even possible? Uh, I mean, I don't. I think one of the main reasons people rushed this film early was because of spoilers. Mm-hmm. By the time, I mean, they're already spoiled now if if they've gone on social media at any point. But I think by Monday, the thought is going to be if you if you didn't run and see this first weekend, everything is open game. Right. So there could be a level of. I either already saw it or I spoiled about it, so I don't need to rush out right now to see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we could see a big drop here. So I'm just looking at some of the comps, you know, the the Infinity Wars, Force Awaken type movies, and yeah. their second weekend drops were. So Infinity War back in this is April, so so not even as great of a time period as as being in December right around Christmas. But in April of 2018, Infinity War opened at 257, and its second weekend drop was only 55%. And the second weekend did 114. You know, yeah. so there is some precedent for these giant movies. And looking at uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: Force Awakens back in 2015... I mean, this is an amazing hold. In December, it's December 18, 2015, this movie opened at 247. So basically the same exact weekend as what we're in now. And the following weekend, the Christmas weekend, it only dropped 40%. It had a second weekend of 149 million. So, you know, that is doable. But I agree. I don't think Spider-Man No Way Home is going to have that kind of hold. It feels more front-loaded, but, I mean, should we be doubting this movie in any way? But, and that's the big thing. Is like we underestimated it once. Let's not do it again. I do think it's capable of having those holds. There is a, I mean, there are places in the country where all these viewings were sold out. Right, right. People couldn't get in. Yeah. You're so right. there are going to be people who are finally going to be able to see it. There's going to be those people who are like, I don't want to be packed into a theater like like a sardine at this moment. So right. I'm going to go on an off day that might not be as crowded. So I wouldn't be surprised if this drops 50%. The other thing is the reviews, uh, It's it, it had like a 99% audience score last night when I checked. Right, right. So this is a beloved movie, at least at the moment. Yeah, and it's it's a movie that I think could track really closely to Force Awakens in that, you know, Infinity War is a movie that ends on a little bit of a, a downbeat ending. It's the first half of a two-part movie. Whereas this feels closer to, you know, Spider-Man feels closer to Force Awakens where it is total, you know, quote-unquote fan service. I mean, the screening we went to this weekend... There was someone sitting right next to me who was just screaming constantly at all the revelations. Every time something was about to happen, you know, he was like just screaming, losing it. Good for him. Not good for me, but good for him. And it could be this is just that type of joyous movie that 
People are going to go see it over and over again. They come out of it on a high. And so, yeah, maybe it does have a Force Awakens type run. I mean, I'm just looking at the Force Awakens uh, uh, weekends in Christmas time of 2015. Second weekend drop, only 40%. Third weekend drop, only 40%. Fourth weekend drop, only 53%. I mean, it's but possible. You got to remember, though, that was the first Star Wars movie in a very long time. It was, but Spider-Man's the biggest movie star in the world, and we're not going to spoil, but this one had a lot of fan service. That's very true. And so fans need to be serviced these days. That seems to be the the uh, the way it's going. Yep. Is that they, they're going to get serviced. They're going to get serviced, and, you know, the, the movie for sure provided that service. The, the, the product, Spider-Man No Way Home, provided that service. But like we said, I have my doubts as to whether the theatrical experience fan service the fans. It, it, it is. And, and listen, not to be coarse or crass, because the mm-hmm. coarsening of society we know is a, a big issue. Mm-hmm. But after you're serviced... By something that is pretty much just put out there for the purposes of servicing you Mm -hmm. with no underlying care or connection, Mm -hmm. you usually feel empty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is the experience I had with both Ghostbusters Afterlife and Spider-Man No Way Home. Right, right. But when I'm given something where I have to engage in it and find satisfaction myself, that is a more enriching experience, and I'm more prone to want to seek that experience out again. But you're not, and I'm not, I'll admit it, you know, you can't tell from my voice, but I am not 25 or younger, and you're not. So you're right. They just want to be serviced. They just want to be serviced. You know, it's uh, 25 year olds. They're young, dumb and full of you could fill in the rest. And they Mm -hmm. just want to be serviced by Spider-Man. And I think that that movie definitely serviced them. So it's it's something that could have a really, really, really good hold next weekend. And listen, right now. When people think going to the movies, they think Spider-Man. It's 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 almost like, at least for this weekend, Spider-Man was Kleenex when it comes to movies. Well, yeah, because if you asked a, uh, an under 25, where are you going? What are you doing this weekend? Going to Spider-Man. Yes. Not going to the movies. I'm not going to the movies. I'm going to Spider-Man. I'm going to Spider-Man. Exactly. Exactly. There is, and I don't think it's, incredibly high but it's there there is a percentage of people who went to go see spider-man who are under 25 you ask them what are you doing this weekend they go i'm going to see spider-man and there's a percentage of those people who don't really put it together that spider-man no way home is a movie Mm -hmm. you know that if you ask them oh so you're going to see a movie they would say no i'm going to see spider-man no way home i'm not going to see a movie yeah and then, well, that is a, mo- and then that under twenty five, they're like, 
you, you need to step away. You need to step off, bro. Yeah. Yeah, this is my space. You, you're you encroaching. Yeah, so step off, bro. And that happened. I'm not saying it happened, uh, you know, uh, 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 the, the thing that happened the most this weekend, but it definitely happened. There were people who didn't put it together that Spider-Man No Way Home is even a movie. So let's talk a little bit about West Side Story dropping 68%. I mean, the expectation there is that it was going to, it is only on 200 and 2000, I'm sorry, 2,820 screens. Mm -hmm. But I do think this was a victim of adults staying away, adults staying away from Spider-Man. They had no interest in that movie. And so therefore they had no interest in going to the movies. But these numbers do not bode well for this box office in this movie because for this movie because we're getting an insane amount of product coming this coming week, starting on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like West Side Story is going to get lost in that flood. Yeah, it's you know our take last week after that bad opening weekend, the ten point five million dollar opening weekend, was that West Side Story. Maybe had a chance if it got to the Christmas frame and got the old people, got the, you know, people off from work to start going then. And it that could still happen. But I do think that based on these first two weekends, these movie theaters are probably going to drop West Side Story like a stone. I think it's going to shed theaters this weekend. You know, you can't. You can't keep promising the movie theaters, oh, next week it'll start doing well. You know, next week that empty theater that you had shown West Side Story, next week it'll be packed. You know, these movie theaters, they're just going to put another Spider-Man showing in there and Matrix and and all the new movies. So I think West Side Story's big problem is it's going to shed screens and it's got this, you know, we've talked about a lot, the stink of a loser. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got the Charlie's Angels, Kristen Stewart type stink where that bad opening weekend just uh, uh, makes it feel like like a, a disaster right from the start. And it's it it may be DOA. I, I, I you know, next weekend is probably it's the last shot, you know, if it has some incredible hold where it only. But the thing is, even an incredible hold at this point. For West Side Story is a movie that's still making $1 million. You know, oh, yeah. I don't see a world in which West Side Story, which made $3.4 million this weekend, next weekend on Christmas weekend makes $5 million, you know, has a jump. I, I don't see that. It didn't drop any theaters because I think I think contractually it, it, it maintains those theaters for at least two weeks. I think that was something that our, our wannabe old boy Reed mentioned mm-hmm. that, you know, movies get at least two weeks with the theaters that they have. Right, right. But I would not be surprised. I mean, this movie made $3.4 million. I would not be surprised if, like you said, the, that theater count plummets. Right, right. And Especially because it's oh, 20th Century Disney, and Disney has uh, other movies that they're going to be prioritizing. And the awards bump is not going to happen because we're not getting Oscar nom nom noms until February and we got the Golden Globe nom nom noms last week and those mean nothing. So, 
you know, a West Side Story is a movie that could have relied on getting a bunch of award nominations around now, and that's not going to happen. So it's it seems like this is DOA. Um, so you mentioned that West Side Story is a 20th Century Fox movie. You know, yes. Disney bought Fox, so they are the ones releasing this. And they also released Nightmare Alley, which was Fox Searchlight, but released by Disney. So, you know, it's another example, these two movies, of these holdover Fox titles that Disney is putting out there. And I want to throw this out to you because I've been seeing, you know, this conspiracy theory out there in, in the box office world. Disney put West Side Story and Nightmare Alley basically up against their own movie, Spider-Man No Way Home. Was this a assassination? Was this a box office slaughter that Disney carried out, basically carried out a hit on these two movies, on these two Fox holdovers? I mean, it, it, that is extreme. It possibly could be that. I think this. I think that company is already dead. Mm-hmm. It, it probably is going to be dissolved at some point because I think they wow. did massive layoffs and they're just really pretty much burning off whatever was still in the pipeline there. Mm-hmm. So I do think it is. I think it's a culling. I think they are trying to separate themselves from that entity. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think, you know, if we're talking about Nightmare Alley, that is definitely DOA. That's DOA. 2.958 million. I mean, that's that's it, it didn't even cry macho. I, I thought I, it was so funny because I said it's going to cry macho. And, man, it would give its left nut to cry macho. Right, right. With right. that box office. Right. And so, yeah, I think there is, you know, we've seen Disney do this sort of thing before. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned Pixar and how they keep relegating these Pixar movies to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, we're doing it because we want kids to be safe, blah, blah, blah. We were doing it so that people will come to Disney Plus to watch these films. It's driving, uh, it's, it's driving subscribers. What it's really doing is saying, take a backseat, Pixar. So they've done these things before. So I would not be surprised if, yeah, if this is, hey, let's let's just burn these off, show that they're failures so we can have a reason to say, let's no longer have these companies producing films. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it does feel that way, especially with Nightmare Alley. I mean, putting Nightmare Alley out the same weekend as Spider-Man No Way Home when Nightmare Alley is not even really counter-programming, you know, this is not like when... It's not a rom-com. It's not a rom-com. It's not, it's not like when... Was it Was it uh, uh, The Force Awakens weekend when, I forget what studio it would have been, put out the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler Sisters. comedy? Sisters. Yeah. Which ended up being a hit. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you know, Tina Fey made a lot of jokes about what a, what a bad situation it was to go up against Star Wars. But that was at least a movie that was aiming for a different type of audience than Star Wars. But and see- Nightmare Alley does not feel like counter-programming. You know, obviously it's a Oscar bait, you know, noir. So that's in theory going to play older. But it's still a, 
you know, very male, you know, very, uh, uh, you know, dark type movie. It, it, it doesn't feel like, I mean, I don't know what would be counter program programming against Spider-Man, which just seems like, you know, that's four as four quadrant as it gets, but, uh, nightmare alley is not good counter programming. Well, so it's funny you, you brought up sisters Mm-hmm. Which I believe is what that movie was called, correct? It that was. was the title. Yeah. So it ended up opening to thirteen million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. But then it made eighty-seven domestic, and wow. so there was an ability to counter-program. Now, when you look at that compared to Long Shot, which was the Charlize Theron, Seth Rogen romantic mm-hmm. comedy that was supposed to be counter-programming to Endgame, mm-hmm. it opened to 9.7. Okay, well, that's not that much less than Sisters. But mm-hmm. its domestic box office ended up being $30 million. Wow. So you're so seeing just the change. In mm-hmm. four years, mm-hmm. the ability to counter-program. And I, I remember, and we didn't have this show at the time, but we talked about that and how, you know, I liked Longshot more than you did. I didn't care for it. You didn't care for it, but I liked it. And I do think that when people, most people watch that movie, they did have positive uh, reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I would put it in the same level as A Sisters, a movie that I also saw and liked. Mm-hmm. But there's just, when these Marvel juggernauts come... They suck all of the air out of the room for anything else. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's just no room in people's brains to even think about another type of movie the weekend one of these big, big Marvel movies come out. You know, not not Eternals necessarily, but these Avengers-level Marvel movies. You can't counter-program them anymore. You know, Bradley Cooper going around doing press... Um, to try and, and get people to come out to Nightmare Alley. On the weekend of a Spider-Man movie, all people want to ask him about is, uh, when are you going to be Rocket Raccoon again mm-hmm. in the next Marvel movie? You know, what do you think of Spider-Man? Is he cool? People in- just, the, the weekend a movie like this comes out, there's just not room in anyone's brain for anything else. It used to be, I remember going on dates in high school, Mm-hmm. And you would go to the movies. You'd say, let's go to the movies. You might have an idea of what you wanted to see. But if that was sold out, the decision would be, let's see this instead. Right. I believe you come to the theater, and if you haven't bought your ticket ahead of time for Spider-Man, you're shit out of luck anyway. But let's say that someone's naive and they say, let's go. I'm going to bring this girl. We're going to go see Spider-Man. They right. show up and they see Spider-Man sold out. What they would do instead is say, all right, let's go somewhere else. Yes. Or and maybe let's we'll stay... come back for Spider-Man some other time, but we are not going to see West Side Story. Right. Or Because they don't point... even know West Side Story's there. They're there for Spider-Man. They think it's all Spider-Man. And, and the young person now who goes to the theater to see Spider-Man, Spider-Man sold out, they're going to say, okay, then let's just stand here and look at our phones. Let's watch HD uh, videos, you know, HD Jake Paul, Logan Paul videos on our phones. 
That's what they're going to do instead of going to see a different movie if Spider-Man is sold out. They're mm-hmm. going to they're going to sit there outside the theater and they're going to watch Paul Brothers uh uh videos on their phones or you know video game commentaries on their phones. They're not going to go in that theater and say, "You know what? Give me one for Nightmare Alley." So Let's talk a little bit now because we got to get to this. We have so much to talk about. There's so many releases coming up. Mm -hmm. And the reason I I wanted to switch to this is because we do have a 20th Century Studios film coming out. Jeez. This Wednesday. And and it just does show that this is sacrifice time because Mm -hmm. The Kingsman, which is the third film— in this the King's Men series, but it's a prequel, which mm-hmm. is this movie is musty because it has been sitting on the the this might not even be be sitting on the shelf. This might be like under someone's toilet tank. Well, speaking of musty, I mean we gotta go back to a piece of info that wannabe old boy Austin sent us this weekend that when he went to his screening of Spider-Man, they showed a trailer for The King's Man. And this movie, of course, is opening this week, December 22nd, 2021. And at the end of the trailer he watched, it said, coming this February, which means that this was the original trailer that was playing back when the movie was supposed to come out in February of 2020. That was the original uh, uh, release date for this movie. And it got pushed back, got pushed back, and now here it is. So that is how little Disney seems to be paying attention to the release of this movie, is they are showing a two-year-old trailer with the wrong release date, at least in some theaters. It might not be everywhere. It might just be he saw it, he said he saw it in IMAX. But that is, I mean, that is really thumb in your nose. That is Disney saying, we do not care what this movie does. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, and that I, is a matter of trimming a QuickTime file. You know, just trim the end off. You don't even have to change it to to the real release date. Just trim off the part where you say February. But that guy, the guy who does that got his pink slip. Right. Two months ago, three months ago, a year ago. You're right. You're right. You're right. So we've got that, which is definitely DOA. I think it crosses over too much with the Spider-Man audience. Yeah. And this is such, such musty IP. I mean, I'm looking at what the second one did, Kingsman Golden Circle in 2017. And that movie opened September 20C. It did open to $39 million. Decent hold next week, sixteen million. Uh, got to a hundred million dollars. So, you know, this is a movie that if it would have come out in February of twenty nineteen, who knows? It felt musty then, but it it was close enough to the sequel, but not at this point. Bless you, but 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 frankly, we have to be honest. We are not fans of this franchise. There are people no. that are bigger fans. Austin is a big fan of this franchise. And I liked the first one okay. The second one I thought was fine. It's not there. The King's Men are not my guys. 
No, no. But we don't we're not coming in this as haters. I mean, I'm no. pretty much in the same boat. I like the first one. Second one was meh. You know, I I did definitely didn't want a third one, but I understand when you look at that box office for the second one, you got to try. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely past its sell-by date. So we've and got so, that coming out. Right. And it's also going up against the Matrix Resurrections. Yeah, this is an interesting one because, you know, a while back you would have looked at this new Matrix movie with Keanu, who's probably as big a star as he's ever been, and thought this was a slam doink. And, I mean, the the day and date on HBO thing has been a disaster for these Warner Brothers box office other than for Kong versus Godzilla. And I'm really feeling like it's going to, gonna be trouble for this new matrix movie because it's going to drop on wednesday oh right before the holiday there's nobody who's gonna they're gonna be in the theater seeing spider-man and then they're gonna go home and watch the matrix this this just crosses over too much with spider-man i think Warner Brothers is kicking themselves for that day and date all year they they really should have just pushed this into the next year and had it be full-on theater release. Yes, Because yes. I think it could have been big, but I'd be surprised if this movie makes 40 in its five-day. Oh. I mean, that is that is a sad state of affairs if a Matrix movie... You know, and listen, Matrix isn't is, is definitely dusty, you know, but it is one of those franchises that people have kept talking about for years and years. You know, it didn't fully go away. But if this Matrix movie comes out and makes like $30 million opening weekend, that's that's a sad state of affairs. But that's fully on Warner and the fact that they put this out day and date on HBO. The tracking on this right now is 35 to 50 for the three-day. Oh, man. Do you see this going over 50? Do you see this going over 50 for the five day? God, it's only going to get. It's only going to get lower as the days goes on because this is just going to be more time for people to watch it from the comfort of their own home. And again, it's not like everyone has HBO Max. It's not Netflix. But anytime something's on Stream day and date. It also means it's going to be on uh, uh, pirate sites, and we're not the pirate sites boys, but yes, it's going to be available. We're not the pirate bay boys, and the audience who's super into the Matrix. I mean, they've been on those pirate sites for a long time, so they're the first ones. You know, they love downloading. The Matrix is all about downloading. It's all about download speed, and. The audience who's into that, they're going to be into just downloading their movies. So that's that is, a big crossover. That is so true. And and as we said about Spider-Man No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home was a destination. Right. The Matrix is a file that you can find online. Right. That's right. the difference. Nobody's going to say they're not going to have a badge of honor that they went and saw the Matrix Resurrections in the theater. Right. But if someone right. asked them, did you see Spider-Man? Oh yeah, I saw that on Thursday. It's a badge right. of honor to be one of the first there. 
there's there's no urgency for this film. And there's no, I mean, we talked about it, everyone right now, they're into Marvel and the interconnectedness and is this movie going to cross over with this movie? And with The Matrix, there's the fans of The Matrix, but there's not that hook of, you know, is The Matrix going to cross over with uh, John Wick or with Speed, you mm-hmm. know, or or with Bill and Ted or whatever. These These movies are, Matrix is The Matrix. And back in the day, that was all you needed. But nowadays, people need to to get that fan service of, all right, well, who else is going to show up in the Matrix? And, it can't and, just be the Matrix guys. And here's one. I mean, if people are reading up on this movie, here's one thing that could make people wary is that only one Wachowski. Right. We're not dealing with both Wachowskis and the Matrix. We're all both Wachowskis and there could be an element of, I like when the Wachowskis are together, but one Wachowski, could this be the one who makes stuff I don't like? Right, right, right. Are they there the could... one that has the ideas I don't like in the Matrix? I don't know. So that is that is worrisome for some people. Yeah. So, I mean, we're both a little down on this. I mean, I think that it's also just everything is going to get steamrolled by spider-man throughout the week um so are we thinking that matrix resurrections doesn't hit 40 million for the three day let's think i don't think it hits i guess i don't think it hits 40 for the three day i think it could do 45 to 50 for the five day yeah yeah it's 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 something because keanu has been on the the biggest hot streak of his career you know, between all the John Wick movies overperforming and uh, him really feeling like just uh, he's reached sort of perma movie star status. You know, he's now had like three different rebirths at the box office. But and when this was announced, this really felt like this would be a uh, like a victory lap at the box office. And it definitely doesn't feel that way now. It feels like it's going to be the type of movie that next week everyone's making their excuses as to why it only made 30, you know, 34 million for a three day. Well, I mean, that's wasn't originally this scheduled for the same day as the new John Wick. Way, way back. Yeah. But I think everyone knew that that was never going to happen. They were going to they were going to move those apart. Yeah. Um, And honestly, right now. John Wick feels like the more vital franchise. A hundred percent. If this Matrix Resurrections kind of peters out, you know, opens to 35 million, ends up making like 70 million total. I still, when that John Wick 4 comes out, I think that could easily have a $60 million opening weekend. I I don't think this is a tarnishing on Keanu. It really is the HBO Max day and date thing is a disaster. If anything, Keanu looks like a mensch for doing this movie. Right, right, right. This is him being a loyal guy who knows this movie brought me back. Right. And made me big. Right. Yeah, I don't think this will tarnish him, but it's probably not going to be the victory lap that it seemed like it would have been when it was first announced. 
So, so let's well let's the other go, big movie. Yeah, Sing Two. Mm-hmm. This movie is tracking at twenty-five to thirty-five. Mm-hmm. This could be, and we haven't mentioned it too much, and I hate to mention it because we're not here to fearmonger. Right. This could be the movie that is most affected by the variant. Yeah. Yeah. Because little, little, little kids can't get vaccinated. And there are parents who will not want to go to the theaters. And if we wouldn't have had this 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 big uh, uh, fear campaign going on here. Uh, or let me just say, if if there weren't spikes in places, I do mm-hmm. think that families would be going to see this film. Sing One is a huge film for a lot of kids that are very young. They right. watch it over and over and over again. They want to see more songs sung by these critters. Mm-hmm. But, and you've said this, you said this off mic, that you think that this could easily be a announcement coming soon. This is going to stream also on Paramount Plus date, day and date. I mean, you know, we're sitting here talking on a Sunday, right? Today is Sunday, December 19th. This movie comes out Wednesday, December 22nd. I don't think it's going to be crazy if on Monday. Or Peacock, I'm sorry, Peacock. On Peacock. Because it'd be universal. Yeah. I don't think it would be crazy if on Monday Universal announces that Sing 2 is also going to be on Peacock on Wednesday. Or at the very least, PVOD. Yeah, or PVOD possibly, though they've been dropping so much direct to Peacock. You know, they did the big Halloween kills on Peacock uh, uh, strategy. I think there is a possibility that that happens on Monday. You know, we had last night, Saturday Night Live, last minute, announced that they were just doing pre-tape pieces and, you know, just Tom Hanks standing there. And, you know, they they weren't doing a full live show. Mm -hmm. And so these things are moving fast. Everything's moving fast. Announcements are coming last minute. And I think that's possible, you know, with Sing 2... Like you said, kids can't get vaccinated. And also parents might be looking at the fact that this movie comes out Wednesday, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, or Friday, Saturday. Do they want to deal with chancing bringing their kid and getting sick right before Christmas? Who knows? You know, there's there's things like that that are in parents' head this week that probably wouldn't have been there two weeks ago. And also, and not they, everyone, not every parent, for sure, but but some enough that it will probably affect the bo. They know that Sing Two is an inevitability for them, mm-hmm. so they may like the fact that they can stave it off for a little bit. Right, right. Get a respite right. from it. They thought they'd be exposed to Sing Two early before Christmas. And they're saying, you know what, let's just make this a New Year's problem. Let's just make right. this a problem for 2022, kick this can down the road and deal with Sing 2 when it's when we have no other choice. Right. Now, here's the flip side to everything we just said. Yes. 
the thing we say all the time when we start going low on these kids' movies, the rats need their cheese. And Sing 2 is a very, very tasty piece of cheese for these rats. So all of this may not matter if the rats need their cheese and they demand to go Sing 2 Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this weekend. And evidence towards that is the number two movie in theaters this weekend was in Kanto. Mm-hmm. It made $2.5 million. It dropped only 35%. Right. So right. that means that there are still families and kids going to see films. And Sing 2 is way bigger of a draw and an IP than Encanto. So Way bigger, for sure. So that is true. The fact that these people are going to see Encanto, kids are going to see this, the rats are still hungry, as they always are, and... That's a big a piece of cheese. Yep. So, right, so, so, you know, all that said, maybe variants don't matter. Maybe parents' worries don't matter. You know, I'm looking at Sing 1, the original. Came out December 23rd, 2016. So, again, basically this exact same date five years ago. Same exact week. And that had an opening weekend of 35 million three day. And it looks like it was a five day weekend. So 55 million for the five day. Yeah. And, you know, with a movie like this, the second movie in a kid series is usually a big bump. They do better than the first one. Mm -hmm. And if this was, Normal times, I think it would have been a slam doink that Sing 2 opens bigger than that 35 million three-day, 55, five-day. Yeah. It's not normal times, but what do we think? I mean, is it time to give our projections for the weekend? No, because we still have to talk about a journal for Jordan and American Underdog. I mean, do we, though? We do, I think, because here's the thing about these two films. Christmas Day releases— Mm -hmm. A Journal for Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, in a film directed by Denzel Washington. This is tracking from four to nine. American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story, tracking from eight to 13. Here's why I will just quickly say why I think these could be factors. Obviously not to go number one, number two, whatever. But Mm -hmm. these are both serving different demos. Mm -hmm. A Journal for Jordan looks like a... It's aimed directly at African-Americans, and it's a film that is – there's nothing else in the theater right now that's specifically targeted for them. It's a a romance between two two black protagonists and directed by one of the greatest actors of all time. Mm -hmm. And Michael B. Jordan, who is not as hot as he used to be, but still a very hot star. Mm Mm-hmm. There could be people who are like, yes, I want to go see this movie. Right. So it could be a big one. The one that I think is a sleeper is Kurt Warner's movie because it is a it is a religious film. Uh-huh. And this is a demo that goes out to theaters. Right, he is right. a prominent religious person. He talks about his spirituality. And I think 
there's going to be a lot of families that are going to say, I want to go see this, this film because it upholds my values. It's about somebody who is, you know, a feel good story. And so this could do some business. Yeah. I mean, I, I think American underdog Kurt Warner more so because I do think, you know, we see it with these opening weekends of these religious films that mm-hmm. have a, even a lower profile than this. You know, this is based on a very famous person. With Zachary um, Levi, who was in Shazam, which was a very big movie. Right. So I think that has a better chance of having a surprisingly, you know, big opening weekend. You know, these movies often have, you know, there's planned group uh, outings to a movie like American Underdog. You know, churches put everyone on a a bus to go see it, you know, or, or rent out a theater or whatever. There's a lot of that that I think juices the numbers for these opening weekends or religious films. So I think that could go on the high end of what that projection is. That could do a 12 million weekend. So let's do our top fives. And here's what's fun about this is that other than Spider-Man No Way Home, uh-huh. we're pretty much guaranteed a completely new top five. Yes, yeah, do we think anything is going to stick from two to five? Probably not. No, in Kanto yeah. Meets Six, there's no way any of these movies, <gasps> there's no way any of these movies, new movies, don't like, don't kick this out. Right, right. And I don't think any of the holdovers are going to, you know, have that kind of weekend where they do more than they did the weekend before. You know, I'm looking at, we've been talking a lot about Tina Fey's sisters from, uh, uh, whatever that year that was, 2017. And, and that movie made more its second weekend than its first because that could happen on Christmas weekend. But yeah, I don't think Encanto, West Side, Ghostbusters, or Nightmare are doing that. Wasn't Sisters 2015? Wasn't Force Awakens? 2015. 2015 you're right, you're right. Yeah. It was 2015. Yeah, that had an incredible box office run. The type of run that you could you really do only see around Christmas where the movie just builds from weekend to weekend. Um, but that's not going to happen with Encanto. All right, so do you want to go first? I will go first. your top five. Slam doink, Spider-Man No Way Home. There's no way this is not the number one movie for two year, two uh, weeks in a row. Do you think it makes more than 125? Do you think it has a hold in the 50s? I'd say, I'd say yes. I'd say yeah, yes. I think so, too. Number two, I think, I'm going against what we were initially talking about with this film. I'm going with Sing 2. Yep. I think Sing 1 is so beloved by kids and maybe tolerated by parents but loathed by most. But still, those rats are going to want that cheese. I agree. Number three, I'm going to say Matrix Resurrections. Mm-hmm. Number four, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm going to go ahead and say American Underdog, mm-hmm. the Kurt Warner story, and then I'm going to round that out with the Kingsman. I mean, I've got the exact same top five. I think that is going to be it. Because I when think you look the at Kingsman... Kingsman 
if yeah, any, Kingsman is single digits. Kingsman single and if, digits. And, and and if any of these movies, maybe you know, like maybe Encanto is at five, and and right. uh, Kingsman's under that. Yeah, but that's no, not I possible. That. I think I think I think actually uh, I think Journal for Jordan will probably be above Encanto. At this I mean, point, I mean, I think the story is that Kingsman could cry macho. It, it might it it might be a nightmare alley for it. Yeah, yeah. Kingsman could cry macho, and if that happens, then you could see something like Encanto, or I mean, it would be Encanto would would come in ahead, or Journal for Jordan. I think you know Journal what? for I'm Jordan gonna... has a chance to. I think it's going to make more than Encanto does next weekend. So I just I'm think. Gonna... To keep things interesting, I'm going to say Journal for Jordan finishes number five. I think Kingsman has a chance to completely cry macho. Yeah, the Kingsman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also have the Tender Bar expanding wide, an Amazon Studios film. Clooney directed Affleck in it. We love Affleck, but man, there's not a worse time to put out this movie. And also Amazon Studios, didn't you learn your lesson from Late Night? Right. They're going to just burn that place down after this thing tanks. Yeah. I mean, and then our beloved licorice pizza expanding wide, not going to make a dent, but I do think that it's good that more people are going to be able to see that movie. Yeah. I mean, that's a movie that probably should have went wide a lot sooner. Yeah. There's just not enough screens for it. Yeah. It could have went wide earlier in December when there weren't as many movies, but. The, the kids are not going to go see a nostalgic dramedy about the 70s. They're going to go see Spider-Man. Well, Pat, we did it. We packed a lot into this show. Yep. And we're excited. This is going to be a crazy week coming up. And, you know, the box office never sleeps and neither do we. Never. Never, ever, ever. So, so email us. Email yep. us at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. You know, give us your predictions on we've got all these new movies, all these opening weekends. So let us know what you think. Matrix Resurrection, Resurrection, Sing 2, Journal for Jordan. Let us know what you think those are going to do. And let us know what your experience has been seeing Spider-Man No Way Home in the theaters. You know, were you someone who went out to the theater and they gave you more than you were expecting. Not the movie, the actual theaters. Did you have the kind of experience that's going to make you want to come back to see something else? Or did you have that experience where you saw Spider-Man and you you don't need to come back anytime soon? Mm-hmm. So let us know your Spider-Man movie theater experiences, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. And give us your top fives, too, for this next weekend, because there's a lot of new product, and it's great to see. Yep. Yep. So, otherwise, check out our Substack. Also, check out Brandon Gray's Box Office Revival on Clubhouse. That's going to be popping, because this is one of the biggest box office weekends we've had, like you said, in over two years. Oh, yeah. So, people are going to be yakking, yakking, yakking over there. He's doing God's work. Jeff Bach at Exhibitor Relations Co. Someone we might be hearing from soon, maybe, Pat? Yeah. I, I'm uh, going to put out the bat signal, so. 
Yeah, great. We'll see. Read a Scott Mendelson in Forbes. He's definitely, you know, he's going to have a take on this, which we are waiting for anxiously. And mm. Anthony D'Alessandra, come on the pod. You, we could talk about how great you are right here. Right now, we don't yeah. know. We, we love your deadline articles. They are in, integral to this program. But we can't say anything about you personally because you haven't been on the pod. So come on yeah. the pod. Yeah, come on the pod. But there's nothing left to say, Pat, except until next time. Until next time, we'll we'll smell smell you at at the... the...